in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God, and now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. It's the fourth Sunday of Advent, and it is that Sunday when we celebrate uh, the gift of God in Jesus Christ, the gift of love. We've already celebrated the gifts of hope and peace and joy, and now love comes down at Christmas. And I think most of us understand this uh, gift of love that God gives to us. Uh, we, we think about the gift of the baby born in Bethlehem and, and, and how many of us look upon a baby and, and feel those feelings of love. We understand the baby and that gift of, of love to us. And we understand the gift of love in, in the crucifixion that we have a Savior, that God has given us someone to save us from ourselves, to save us from our sin. And it is something that fills us with love for who God is, that God would so love the world, all of us, as to Give us a Savior. God didn't have to do that. And yet, that pouring out of love in the baby, in the cross, fills us with a sense of the gift of God's love to us. So we understand the gift of of love. We, we even understand the sacrifice in the gift of love. I know there are so many of us who in the last 
and days of life of a loved one will, out of our deep love for them, give of ourselves, sit with them, do whatever they need. We understand deeply this gift of love. And yet, this story of Mary tells us even more about the gift of love given to us in Jesus Christ. So often we read this story and we say, oh look, there's Mary, what a nice story, she's going to give birth to Jesus. And we pretty much see it as being about her when in reality this story, like every story in the scriptures, holds up a mirror and says, look at yourself, do you see you? reflected here in this story. And so we meet Mary. Now, listen, she is probably 12 or 13 years old, which is the age at which a young Jewish girl in the first century would have been promised to a man, uh, in this case, Joseph, who is quite older. And uh, Joseph is important because he's the one in the lineage of David, which then brings Jesus into that lineage. But, but Joseph isn't really at all the important one in this story. It's, it's Mary, this 12 or 13-year-old girl who we don't know very much about. We don't meet her parents, although no doubt she's living at home because she hasn't gotten married yet. Uh, because she's engaged to a carpenter, we recognize that her family probably comes from humble means. This is nobody remarkable. She lives in a little backwater town, Nazareth. I mean, it's like, it's like saying uh, uh, Alva or Antlers or something. It's just not a, a center of life. And sorry for those of you who come from one of those towns, but it's just not the center of life. It's nothing important. And this is what we know about, about Mary. She's kind of a nobody and not very important. And if we were writing... <laughs> This story of a Savior coming into the world, I wonder how many of us would pick Mary. You know, in a first century world, to be young, to be female, to be poor, you are a nobody. You would want someone who is older and, and wealthy, someone who comes from an important town, someone who's a man to bring the Messiah into the world, and yet you get Mary. You see, just like that Advent lighting video, God turns the world upside down. Our expectations are never what God plans or fulfills. I mean, we have so many human expectations, and God ends up doing what God does. I mean, think about the expectations in Scripture. How many stories are there of an older, married, barren woman who then conceives a child? There's nothing like this, one who's young and unmarried. There are so many expectations that Mary must have had about how her life would play out, and this certainly wasn't 
anything she would ever have imagined. You see, Mary begins by reminding us that our expectations should never get in the way of what God is doing in our lives or in the world. Think about right now how many expectations we have about what our Christmas should usually be like. Who we're going to have over, what we're going to do, where we're going to go. And there is no place for those expectations this year. But maybe, because all of our hustle and bustle and expectations are set aside, maybe this year God is going to show up with that gift of love in a way we can't even imagine. So we begin by recognizing that it is never about our expectations. No matter what we expect of Advent and Christmas, It's always about God and what God is doing in the world. And then we turn to Mary. And you know, the tradition paints Mary as this meek, submissive, gentle, compliant little woman. Just here I am. But I think when you actually read this story, there's a lot more to Mary than we tend uh, to give her credit for. I mean, after all, here, here she is, 12 or 13, doing whatever a teenager, teenage girl in the first century would be doing in a room. I have no idea, sewing. I don't know. What would she be doing? But in any case, here she is, and the angel Gabriel appears to her, poof, and says, greetings, favored one. Now, this Greek word here can also be translated as greetings, gifted one. And so when you think about it, there's no wonder that Mary is perplexed and wondering what this might be. I mean, if an angel shows up to you in the middle of the night or whatever and says, hey, hi there, I've got a gift for you, you're going to be like, uh, yeah? I'm not sure about this, okay? And then the angel says, you know, don't be afraid. Well, she didn't seem very afraid. She seemed confused. Don't be afraid, because you, this would really keep you from being afraid. You're about to get pregnant. You're about to, to, to have the, the king of kings and the, the, the son of God, and you're going to give birth to him, okay? Now, Mary doesn't really react with fear. She, she turns around and she's still puzzling over all this. She's, she's confused and she says, now wait a minute, I haven't been with a man. I don't see how this can possibly be the case. And then, to clear everything up, <laughs> the angel Gabriel says, oh, don't worry, the, the Holy Spirit will overshadow you and you will conceive and this is going to be uh, the king who's going to sit on David's throne, but, but forever. Now, I don't know about you, but if I were Mary, I'd be like, okay, that did not clear anything up for me. Uh, I understand 
that we may be waiting for a Messiah, but this Holy Spirit thing coming upon me, and this, this baby of mine being forever on the throne, I, yeah, I don't know what any of that means. You know, when, when God comes to us in our lives, there is this mystery about it. There is, uh, there is no way we know exactly how that unfolds and plays out because God is beyond our world and our imagination, and that is where faith comes in. If we want all the answers, if we want it all figured out and explained, we will never receive the gift of God in Jesus Christ. And Mary then says, okay, let it, let it be so. Mary says, yes. And rather than being a really submissive and meek kind of act, my goodness, this would take a tremendous amount of courage. This is a very courageous young woman because she knows exactly what the consequences might be for her to be unmarried, living in her parents' home, 12 or 13 years old, and be found with child. She could be thrown out of her parents' house, forced to make it on her own. Uh, Joseph could say, no way am I going to have this woman. She could be stoned to death under the Jewish law. There is really nothing in a worldly sense that she could imagine would be good and valuable for her to receive by saying yes. But in the courage of faith, Mary says yes to what God wants to do in her and through her. You see, so often in our own lives, we get really comfortable. We get comfortable in our faith. We get comfortable in how things play out. And yes, it takes an amount of courage to be willing to step out if God says, hey, I need you to do this, and I can't explain all the details of it, but I'm calling you to do this. I'm calling you to be this kind of person and to have the courage to say, yes, God, I don't know what it'll do in my worldly circumstances, but if you're asking it of me, I accept, I open myself to you, I receive that gift of love. You see, uh, uh, too often people want to believe that all you have to do is confess Jesus Christ once and everything is done. But that's not the scriptural witnesses. We have to say yes to God. We have to receive God's gift, God's love. We have to receive Christ every single day of our lives. We have to say yes to God because the world is always going to tug us in another direction. We have to have that courage to daily be faithful and open and looking at the living God and saying yes. When we receive that gift of love, think about it, just like Mary, it, not an immediate happening, but it has to grow within us. It has to dwell in us. We have to nurture it. We have to care for it. That gift of love does not immediately come to its fullness within us. 
We have to do our part day in and day out to nurture that gift of love as it grows within it, just like Mary. We have to receive the gift of God's love every day and let it grow within us. But of course, the truth is, that's not enough. The truth is that we have to then give the gift away. I mean, think about Mary. She will soon give birth to this child Jesus, and then she's going to have to watch him go out into the world to be who he's supposed to be, to give that love away to the world, to even follow him to the cross. Mary's job is to give the gift of love away, just as our calling is to give that gift of love to others, to let it pour out of us all the time. There's a phrase that I just don't like because I don't think it's scriptural. And that's the phrase that Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior. It's not in the Bible, and it makes it sound like the gift of Jesus is mine. No, the gift of Jesus is given to us to give away. It's given to us for us to go out into every corner, every nook and cranny of the earth and pour out the love of God in Jesus Christ. We are to bear that gift to the world. That's why we are the body of Christ. We have to give away the gift of love every day. Because that's how God changes the world. So here we are. We receive the gift of love. We give away the gift of love. But there's one more thing about Mary's story. And that is so often we think that to receive the love of God in Jesus Christ means our lives are going to be so great and perfect. Maybe not us, but there are a lot of Christians out there that that's what they think the love of God does. It kind of pulls us out of the hardships of the world. But all you have to do is look at Mary's story. For planning to give birth at the age of maybe 14. And there she is in Nazareth with her mom and whatever extended family and making all the plans and preparations for this child to be born and for the help that she will have. And then she has to give birth away from home in Bethlehem in a stable with only Joseph and nothing like anything she had planned. And if that weren't bad enough, you know how the story of this scene ends. They have to flee as refugees to Egypt because Herod is trying to kill this child. I can't imagine how hard their life must have been as refugees in Egypt and her as a new mother with no one to teach her how to raise that child. You see, this gift of love, 
It doesn't take us out of the hardships of the world, but it teaches us how to pour out love, how to pour out light into all the darkness that exists, how to be Jesus in the healing and the wholeness of the world and everyone we meet. We are called to be like Mary. That no matter what God is asking of us, we will nurture the gift of love given to us, and then we will pour it out recklessly in this world. The gift of love is given in Jesus Christ. It comes to us at Christmas. If we receive it, if we pour it out, we might just see the miracle of Christmas. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.